0: Welcome to Supergirl Supercast, part of TV on the Incomparable Network. Today we're going to be talking about Supergirl Season 3, Episode 10, Legion of Superheroes. I'm your host, Dan Drouche.
1: I'm Brianna Toiber.
2: I'm Kelly Gamont.
0: I'm Alan Yu. All right, let's start off with a quick recap from our field reporter, David Schaub. Here's the recap from National City, Mind Palace Plot. While Kara's stuck in a coma, she and Berniak 5 hang out in a subconscious simulacra. Kara accepts herself as Kara Danvers and her glasses lets her see the key to get out. Reigning justice plot. Rain is killing bad guys and everyone else she doesn't like. The prophet says that Supergirl failed, so he sides with Rain. The Legion can't help because of a genetic MacGuffin that makes no sense. The DEO fights Rain, but they barely slow her down. In the end, the Legion believes in Bon Jovi and fights Rain. Supergirl wakes up, joins the fight, and Rain retreats. Lena and James' plot. Lena and James's sudden relationship suddenly gets rocky for some reason. But don't worry, they kiss again. All right. Well, why don't we start off with the, uh, as David puts it, the Mind Palace plot?
2: <laughs> Underscored by the fact that while she's in the Mind Palace, she quotes sherlock holmes which i thought was very entertaining
1: that was a really good way for them to introduce brainiac and i just i like his character
0: yeah he was a lot of fun like he kind of whenever he was on screen he kind of lit it up
1: yeah and for being
2: a not very like on his surface like when you describe brainiac to somebody who has no idea who you're talking about uh he doesn't seem like he would be a very interesting character so i feel like this was very well cast because it was fun to watch him
1: and then Another thing I found interesting about that is he said like, "Oh, this is the place you feel most secure, most at home." It had nothing to do with Krypton. She was in her loft.
0: Yeah, well, I think that comes back to how the uh that plot kind of wrapped up with Kara realizing that the real her is Kara Danvers and not not necessarily her primary identity being Supergirl or from, being from Krypton.
2: Right. Cuz it wasn't until she put on the Kara glasses that she was able to actually leave, because Supergirl was trying to leave the loft. That's why none of that worked.
0: Yeah, like, Supergirl tried to punch her way out and heat vision her way out, but that none of that worked. Um, I did think it was funny that apparently um, heat vision causes uh, scraps of paper to fly everywhere.
2: Yeah, I wondered, like, how... Like, was there a confetti gun in the kitchen that we
1: just didn't know about? Just, it broke everything up, but I, I would assumed because like she seemed really like, angry so it seemed like maybe they would go with flames but no, confetti confetti is what they went with it was a nice
2: shot i mean i will say that but i did like the idea that uh because it, it's the, once we got partway through it it seemed a little on the nose that kara was kara was literally picking up the pieces of what supergirl had just tried to do and failed at which i thought was a little bit uh like in case you missed it the first time through like we're going to just have her sit on the floor picking up after the mess that supergirl made which i thought was kind of funny
3: and i mean i think the conclusion she comes to that she has to accept herself as carol Danvers, that was i i found it pretty well um uh, well pretty clearly telegraphed in the beginning because i think the previously on um, uh had the clip of her having to basically abandon her human side to go and fight Rain the first time. And so even, but I I thought that even though the conclusion seemed pretty clear, uh, I enjoyed enjoyed the process. And again, uh, like everyone else, I really liked the introduction of Brainiac 5. And so I kind of like how they get there. And I think we should also be giving uh, credit to Streaky, the super cat, who helped her find her glasses.
1: (laughs) I'm just It kind of makes me happy that she's a cat person. That that was really cute, especially her talking about how she had to, like, learn how to be gentle, and she was, like, learning how to be human, and that was, she felt happiest that way.
0: Yeah. Did anyone else, uh, so when I started watching this, like, when she woke up in her loft, I didn't think anything of it, because I had completely forgotten they hadn't wrapped up the, uh, the whole plot point about her getting her butt kicked by rain in the last episode. Maybe it's because it was, like, a couple months ago, but...
2: Yeah, I think the break helped a lot because I was like, oh, well, I guess she must have shook it off <laughs> in the- over Christmas or something because here we are back in her apartment where, you know, in on, a ve- on what seemed like at that point a very normal day.
1: Yeah, I thought that there would be like flashbacks to her recovery period, but nope, she's trapped in her own head.
0: Also, I don't know what it was about this episode, but I know for some reason I noticed that Wow, Car's Loft is really huge and she's the only one that lives there.
3: <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, reporters make a ton of money in this city, apparently. They
1: have reporters that don't always do a whole lot of reporting. And-
3: <laughs> she gets paid extra for exclusive access to Supergirl.
1: <laughs> yeah, but before that. That
0: that the that seems like an ethical quandary right there.
2: And she wasn't yeah, she wasn't a reporter then either. She was car she was uh Kat's assistant. So, how does an assistant land that apartment and then be able to pay for it without like nine roommates?
1: Exactly. Although it is really nice, if I could afford one like that, I'd be like, "Yes, I want it."
3: Rent in National City is really cheap.
1: I guess. Just imagine how much property insurance would be with all the superheroes and villains destroying stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, any other comments on uh the Mind Palace plot?
2: I did enjoy it and I liked sort of getting to go along and try to figure out how she was going to figure out how to leave. Like I did sort of feel like we I feel like I knew but obviously before she did uh what she was going to have to do, but then figuring out how she was going to go about it was the part that I thought was really fun. So even though I kind of knew where we were going, it was fun to to get there.
1: Yeah, and Something this has me wondering about it is like: is the introduction to the episodes going to change? Because recently I went from "I'm Kara Danvers" to "I'm Kara zor or um, I might have the name wrong with memories a little shot, but you know what I mean. Like, it went. She used to introduce herself as by her human name, but then she went to her Kryptonian name. Is that going to change back? That's a good question.
0: Yeah, I think based on this episode, it'll probably will go back to being introduced as Cara Danvers, because that's what her subconscious tells her is her true identity. All right, why don't we move on to the rain plotline? So if you guys remember, the last scene we had in uh, the episode before the break was we talked about being, oh, it was Sam in her house and Ruby comes in and It turns around and all of a sudden cuts out. We're like, oh, what's going to happen? So they kind of pick that right back up this episode where they're creeping around their house and, you know, really tense. And then it turns out, oh, they're playing with Nerf guns.
1: It makes me happy that Sam is still herself around Ruby. I still think Ruby's going to be possibly what brings Sam back from being Rain at some point. Yeah, I feel
2: like... I think part of it is that I, I want to be interested in rain, but I'm not for some reason. Like, it's just not, I don't know if it's that I just don't find the character interesting or what, but I haven't been super into the rain side of it. Uh, Sam has been interesting, but so to me, it never feels like it's moving fast enough because I want it to hurry up and resolve because I'm not, I'm not finding any of the value in, in rain as a character. And I want to, and I think part of it might just be because I feel like the, I feel the same way which is that uh, it's going to be Ruby that brings her back and that because she's going to fight for that and that's going to be more important to her. And so I sort of feel like I just want to hurry up and get there because I'm not finding rain as compelling as other big bads that we've had in previous episodes and in places where we've, where we've fought other people for lots of different reasons, like uh Akara's aunt and all, and, and some of the others that we've come up against in the past that I think of, like they were sort of interesting in their own right when they weren't throwing down against Supergirl. And I'm not finding Rain that way at all. Like the only, to me, the most interesting thing about that plot is that it brings back our little religious
0: friend. Yeah, yeah. I, I go ahead, Alan.
3: Oh no, I was just gonna say that I agree with that, and I think partly uh, why Rain is uninteresting. I think uh, as uh, Kelly said, I, I, I think it's probably because Sam was introduced as this three dimensional human character. She's a working mother. She has real problems. Uh, there are nuances to what she does and her motivations, whereas Rain is just kind of Kryptonian Punisher. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I, I never thought about it like that. But I'm so glad to not be the only person who feels like this. I was like, watching, I've been watching this going, nah. like, can we just go back to, to Emo Monel? Like, can I just can we go do another story for a while? Because, oh, and so I feel I, I feel much better knowing that I'm not the only person that this character doesn't take for. And, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about why, but I think that might be wise because Sam is really interesting and Rain really isn't.
1: Yeah, Rain is an example of the kind of villain that I can't stand because she is evil for the pure purpose of being evil. She has no real motivation other than I was created to do this and blah, blah, blah. But like, there's no motivation. There's nothing to make you care about rain. why Rain wants to do what she wants to do. You just want her to not get away with it. It's just like, you don't care. There's absolutely no connection with her like there is with Sam. People can identify with Sam and Rain is just a cardboard cutout.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter, I think, is... You know, because we're never, because there is, we don't know anything about Rain except all of a sudden she just wakes up. Like, honestly, so far, the most interesting part of the Rain storyline to me is the part that we got in the last minute of this episode where she said, Oh, but you're not the only one. And so the most interesting part of Rain's story is that Rain is it, is that there's more because maybe they'll be more interesting. I think that's why that had the most appeal to me. <laughs> like maybe maybe some of those characters will be more fun or they'll be people we already know and it turns out that they're also dark kryptonians or or whatever. And that's the part that sort of made me wonder when I was when I was watching this was like, "Oh, well, that sounds interesting." So again, like the most interesting part of Rain storyline isn't Rain at all. And I think it's because we don't know anything about Rain or what's her deal or like we know she was created but we don't know why and you know that was one thing we got from astra was what she was fighting for and we thought she went about it badly and you know she did a lot of bad things but she thought she was doing them in the name of saving her people so at least she had a motivation and that made her a little more interesting to watch because she was sort of trying to work through all of that and i wasn't getting that from rain at all it's just nope you're being punished and that's you know for sin and it just was and so like none of that ever was was very interesting to me because like i don't get what for i don't get what the deal is was like this supposed to be justice on krypton that never got to happen because there is no more krypton so I feel like there's a dimension of Rain that might make her more interesting if they would devote a little bit of time to it and we just don't know it yet. So I'm holding out a little bit of hope but I don't think uh we're we're ever going to get much more about Rain herself than we already have and it's going to be the other people that are going to be that might be a little bit more interesting here.
0: Yeah, and I think that kind of extends to these uh extended battle sequences. I said it last episode again this episode like the battle sequences were so boring. I think it's cuz like There's no motivation behind them. And so it's just, as I think they said in the uh, Man of Steel episode of The Incomparable, that it's just like two action figures being slapped together.
2: Yeah, it's, oh, well, we've had, you know, we've had three commercial breaks. So now there's fighting. And when you you have no interest in 50% of the characters involved in fighting, big deal. Like, the most interesting thing to come out of those battles is that Alex broke her leg.
0: Yep, and Brainiac decided to sign her leg in binary,
2: <laughs> which was which was adorable, but it looked like it was covered up because I was gonna like write it down and see if I could figure out what he actually wrote. Yeah,
0: that it seems was only like long enough to do. be like two characters. Yeah,
2: it's probably like B five.
0: B five.
1: Yeah. One thing I'm curious about is like who's the person Rain's been talking to? Like this mysterious figure. She might be interested, maybe. Yeah. And that, that was another
2: piece of it was finding that out. You know, who, well, who is it that you're talking to that's telling you all of this?
1: Is it like an actual person or is it just like a hologram of the person or a ghost or what's going on? Well, I think it's the same as what we get
2: with, with Kara's mom, but I'm curious who that person is to her. Is it her mom? Because so far, technically, that's all we've seen in in when a Kryptonian person has one of these intelligences, uh, you know, for Clark, it was his parents and for Kara, it's her mom. So is this Rain's mom? Like, is that who she's talking to? And if not, then who is this person to her? Because I remember I want to say it was Kara's mom in the, in the hologram or, or whatever that, um, Explained to her that like this was you know, I took this this form was programmed into the computer so that you will talk to me and relate to me as a person that you know. And so, how does this person have any sort of relationship with Rain? And it seemed like last time we in the very end of the episode when they were talking, it seemed like maybe there was another figure or two kind of in the shadows. And so I was wondering also about them because i don't care about rain so who who were like was i seeing people or was that just like too much black in the same spot on my television turns into like a weird artifact and i'm making things up or is it like what was the thing that was happening with that because it seemed like finding out there are more dark kryptonians is very interesting to me i think mostly because i'm trying to find an interesting dark kryptonian because rain ain't it
0: yeah i kind of got that feeling last episode too that there were more than just her in that fortress
1: Okay. This is back to when they were, like, planning to capture Rain. Like, yeah, Kara, because she didn't know much about Deception, but... So they made that plan to stop Superman. But we've established Supergirl is stronger than Superman. And Rain beat the absolute crap out of Supergirl.
2: (laughs) I did feel like there should have been more pants wetting over that. Because Kara did beat him pretty soundly. So... And then knowing that now Kara is comatose as a result of this new Kryptonian, like I feel like there should have been more stressing out and a little bit more panic equipping from when because that's his jam. And you know, that's all he can do is wisecrack when there's trouble. And like this, it seems like this would be the most serious trouble they've been in because they've had a way to defeat all of these other villains that we've seen so far. And. You know, and now we have one that our secret weapon just got whooped by. Like, I felt like there should have been more concern there. Maybe they don't care about her either.
1: (laughs) With the person that I'm not happy with, mon L, he's being completely unsympathetic to these people. that He spent so much time with, as opposed to Emma, who wanted to help them. And with the whole, we have the secret to stop this horrible thing from happening, hidden in our DNA, and if we die, we'll lose it. I'm just saying you like, it's called the DNA sample. Well, and I
2: thought what would happen when they, once we got that whole story, um, once I Positivo briefly unstuck my eyes, I rolled them too hard. They got stuck. Um, <laughs> I really thought that Imra, I thought Imra would leave on her own and that she would go because I was under the impression that like each of them had the entire message in their DNA. And so she was going to be like. Stop being an idiot and do what the show shows, which is that women are capable. Women are awesome. And she doesn't need him like telling her not to. And like, well, you sit here with your intact DNA. I'm gonna go kick some evil behind and then head off and do it. And I was was 100% convinced that was what was going to happen because Monel hasn't done enough standing around and moping yet and so you know he hadn't quite hit the quota before he was able to go leave and do something so i really just assumed that that was going to happen is that imra was going to show up and it was going to turn out that she was great at butt kicking and she was going to be super awesome and do some something in some way that was going to help turn the tide so that the good guys could win
1: it was kind of cool that we found out she's a telepath yeah which was really cool though i have to ask like just some of the stuff with those Glowing rings, and they started flying, and it made me think a little bit of Green Lantern. And I'm not sure how it works, but I'm really <laughs> curious to find out how the heck they have magical glowing rings with their symbol on them that, that help lets them fly.
0: Yeah, and speaking of those glowing rings, the scene where they got suited up and put on the rings, oh my god, I rolled my eyes so hard at that shot of them like putting the rings on and then putting all their hands forward. It just looked so out of place.
1: It looks like a bunch of kids about to go to Halloween dressed as superheroes. Well
3: oh, I thought it looked like Captain Planet. <laughs> He's our hero.
2: <laughs> it did. It kind of to me it, it, it did do a little bit, Captain Planet. It was a little um like uh before a sports game you know and like we're all gonna put our hands in the huddle and you know defense or whatever and like it was it it was super to me it was super out of place as well i I wasn't into that and then i was like why are we just seeing these rings for the first time are we supposed to assume we know what they do and like who's imra that you know because we knew monel could fly without the ring on on earth before So I wasn't surprised that he was flying, but I'm like, why is she flying? Where is she from? Did did they just figure this out in the however many hundreds of years between when she's from and now? And it mostly just gave me more questions. I didn't really care like what they were doing or what the stakes were of the battle that they were about to sashay off into. I was more concerned about like, how did this work? And is it because of that ring? And is that why you showed them to me all of a sudden, even though I didn't know anything about them until this minute? Like, it felt a little disjointed to me
0: yeah the other thing I wanted to talk about with that uh that little conversation they had what where oh there was this uh third de- uh third degree extinction phenomenon mm-hmm. uh on earth, and then Monel of all people taught them culture of earth before you know Monel who had been on earth for a year <laughs> and didn't know what science was,
2: yes. Well, if nobody knows anything, and you've got Club Soda and Bon Jovi, like, you win, right? Totally. Okay.
3: I think in the earlier episode, like, the last season when we had now I think he also mentioned watching stuff on YouTube, so he may not be passing on the very best of humanity.
0: <laughs> oh, no!
1: <laughs> oh, no. depends on what he watched, but if he, like, say he watched that one YouTube video about, like, um the history of the world by the, by the same dude they did, like, the history of Japan. I'm not sure if we want him passing on that explanation no. of the history of Earth.
0: It was mon L. El- future history is all based on drunk history.
1: <laughs> it was
2: mon so if he watched anything history, it was the history of dance.
1: Well, I have to say, in the beginning of the fight scene with rain when they had that music playing and just the pacing of it. I found, I enjoyed that. I thought it was funny. I also thought that the prison, at least on the outside, looked like a building from an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. The episode in the season one with the crazy Russian scientists. It might be. (laughs) I'm just like, hmm, that looks familiar.
2: Yeah, lots of the the Brilliantiverse looks familiar to me because it's, um... I think, uh, the Flash uses a lot of big sweeping exterior shots of Portland. So whenever they have like a big, a bit, a nice big shot of like, you know, from above the city and they're showing the city, the city is Portland. And so it's very <laughs> disconcerting to be watching, cause I live in Portland. And so it's very disconcerting to be watching a show and then all of a sudden in the middle for a second, like, Hey, I live there. It's very odd. I imagine everybody in Vancouver feels that way a lot of the time. <laughs>
0: All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about with the rain plot line?
2: I just want to say again how happy I am that I'm not the only person who's sort of bored of it and doesn't find rain interesting because I've loved so much of this show, watching watching it, and to get here and be like, eh, was really surprising to me. And so I felt sort of bad about not caring, but I'm glad I'm not the only one. So I feel a little better about it.
0: Yeah. I think more Sam, less rain. Yes.
1: I... I did like the line where Rain said, I thought you were dead, and Kara was like, I got better.
3: I got better?
2: That's exactly where I went
3: (laughs) to. So with the Rain stuff, because the most interesting thing about her is her human side as Sam, I'm wondering when more of the uh, Dark Kryptonians, world killers show up. Uh, whether or not Rain will maybe suddenly catch a glimpse of Ruby or remember her human side, and then that causes her some kind of internal turmoil where she doesn't want to fight anymore, and she's kind of torn between what she feels as Sam and what she's being told to do as Rain. I'm wondering if that's where we're going to go when we introduce more of these people.
2: Or maybe Ruby, who is apparently the only sensible one in her family— Is going to see mom on TV wearing a mask and know and still know that it's her mom, which is something that apparently like I get that it was dark every time Supergirl fought her, but she doesn't look the tiniest bit familiar to you in that mask. And, you you know, like we haven't heard anybody mention, oh, there's something you know, I feel like there's something about her. I feel like I've seen her before. Like, really, if you're going to tell me in the, at, at your Christmas party that y'all are best friends, that tells me that you probably spend a significant amount of time together, which means even if you put on a mask, I would still recognize you.
1: People don't recognize Kara with her glasses off.
2: That's true. <laughs> but part of that was explained with, like, you know, not really seeing you, but your best friend would really see you, that, which is the part that I which is why I sort of thought that was still weird, is that they wouldn't see her and be like, hey. Like, I guess she sounds different, but she looks the same. She's just Sam with a mask on. So I'm not seeing the... I'm not seeing why nobody is connecting those dots just yet. So maybe that's what it'll take is Ruby, who then asks her mom about superpowers again. And now Sam has to give her a different answer. And so maybe there will be something interesting there. Um, I'm just wondering when she's going to get fired because she's never at work.
0: Well... The CEO is her best friend, and she used to date her boss,
2: right? And now that the CEO is is dating Mister Katko, maybe there's maybe she's not paying as much attention to whether or not Sam's in her office as often as she should be.
3: One more thing is, I agree, and I also wonder when Ruby will suspect something if her mother disappears every time she sees a picture of Rain, because like whenever Sam watches the news or or read a the newspaper, there will be plenty of pictures and then wonder if she has to go poof and become Rain every time that happens. And the other thing I'm concluding from this is that masks are just really effective disguises in this superhero universe because Oliver Queen's mask is apparently <laughs> super effective, Kara's glasses are really effective, uh, so I'm wondering if it's just something about masks that make them really powerful disguises.
1: Or people are just really stupid.
2: Oliver also has a hood, so, you know.
0: Oh, big difference. <laughs> All right, so why don't we move on to the thing that we can't avoid because it's a CW show relationships? Oh, God.
2: Although, to be <laughs> fair, at least we didn't spend an entire episode on this one. It just yes. sort of popped up here and there, so I felt like we had a nice balance of soap opera versus sci fi.
0: And it did give me my favorite scene of this episode <laughs> where John fakes being yes. Kara and they talk about kissing James. Or as uh, John said, uh, James James Olson's uh, incredible kissing ability,
1: which was so oh, sorry,
2: funny. extraordinary kissing
0: extraordinary ability. Extraordinary kissing ability.
1: Seeing him say that, and just like that was, it was a beautiful moment. Cause you can tell he's uncomfortable with it. And he's the last person you would ever expect to say something like that.
2: And then called but, him Olson, which I thought was really funny.
0: As Kara, yeah. yeah.
1: And Lena saw nothing weird in that.
0: Also, besides the fact that masks seem to make people super effective, it's amazing that no, not everybody knows that Kara is Supergirl and Clark Kent is Superman, because James Olsen is terrible at covering for them. So bad. Just, uh, yeah, she's, uh, not here. <laughs> yeah, she's sick.
2: We're such good friends. I know that she's home with the flu, but, you know, the day before that, like, oh, isn't she here? I haven't looked. I mean, come on.
1: I think they just keep him around cuz they think he's pretty.
2: Well, they're not wrong.
1: <laughs> he just that that's that's the extent of his usefulness and apparently he's good at running catco when no one really pays that much attention or ever actually is it catco?
2: Well, I like him as a character. I I mean, I know we've th- that the guardian's been sort of keeping a lower profile lately. Uh Thank
0: goodness. Which
2: but at least it gave him more to do. And I liked that. I like that his character has evolved a little bit. He's, he's done some different stuff and gotten a little bit more interesting because it seems like now that Wynn's at the DEO, he's sort of sidelined and he was like another sort of mainstay of season one in, when, in helping Kara sort all of this out. And he doesn't get to do quite as much anymore. Now that we've sort of done away with his father, he doesn't get out to do as much. And that was part of why I liked the guardian storyline is because James and win out doing stuff together is really fun to me because as characters, I like both of those characters. So I miss, I miss that for that reason. I didn't care so much about guardian because guardian isn't interesting to me because he's, you know, I'm a good guy because good guys. And you know, he didn't really have a lot of, a lot more to go on besides that. But that's why I thought the two of them were fun together because it was them in a different setting getting to do something a little different.
1: I always felt that that was kind of like James going through a midlife or a quarter life crisis. If I'm friends with all these heroes, and I want to be a hero. But he did do good things. But I always felt like it was kind of him going through some sort of a crisis.
2: A little bit, I think. I'm with you on that. But I also liked that, that he sort of reeled Win into it with him, so that at least he wasn't completely defenseless out there, which I thought was pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I like the uh, James-Wynn interactions. I just didn't like the storyline they got stuck in.
2: Yeah, they weren't... I didn't think that that their storyline was interesting, but I like getting to watch them do stuff. So anything that gets the two of them more screen time makes me happy.
0: I was just thinking, does anybody actually have any comments about the uh, James-Lena relationship
3: stuff that happened in this episode? I mean, it's... Kind of okay, I know that they want to add some of this But I mean, partly why I'm not entirely sold on this Is that because Lena was introduced as a really, you know A very intelligent, very competent character Who can do a lot of things even though she doesn't have, you know, supergirl powers And so um, having her, in this episode, be relegated to just you know, kind of a romantic interest makes her less interesting and it and it makes her and it gives her less cool stuff to do. So I think partly why I didn't like the Lena James stuff in this episode as much is that I've seen Lena do much cooler things in other episodes and I kinda hope that she gets back to that sort of role soon. Yeah, and less of a role that could be replaced
1: by a lamp.
2: Yeah, I like when she gets more to do because I think as a character, she's interesting. And that's part of why I like her and James. I think the two of them, the two actors together are good. I like seeing the two of them together. It's not like they have zero chemistry and they're trying to force something to happen. So the two of them together is, is fun. And I also like, um, that she's pretty self-aware. Like that is one, one of the things I like about Lena is that she said, like, I'm just used to people automatically hating me for my last name. And I internalized that and turned it into this thing I was like putting out on you and I shouldn't be doing that. So I need to, you know, so I'm getting over myself like I was the problem here and I got over it and I'm coming and having an honest conversation with you about it. So confession, full disclosure here. I watch a lot of soap operas and that's a storyline that would have gone on for six months on Days of Our Lives. Of, oh, but I love him, but oh, he doesn't know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Six so, months minimum. Exactly.
1: And then one of them would probably die the second they solved it. But then they'd come back like two seasons later. It's like, oh, they're not dead. Exactly. My grandmother watches it.
2: Yeah. So, um, well, somebody died on Friday. So, uh, yeah. Uh, like I told my mom, we know that dead doesn't really take in Salem. So, uh, like part of what I liked about that was, it was really compact. So it seems like they're moving along, even though we're not seeing a whole bunch of them together, like making eyes at each other over coffee or anything. I like that. They're at least trying to advance it and turn it into like, we like each other and there's been some smooching, but now we're going to, but we're, we're sort of working toward becoming a regular relationship. And I have liked that. Um, And I liked that she was pretty self-aware about it and just came and just laid it out and was like, look, here's what's up. I was beat weird. I'm going to try and fix that. And he was like, okay, you know, thanks for the heads up. And it wasn't like a whole big thing. So I did sort of enjoy that. And I like seeing Lena do more stuff. So I like, I like her and James because I like Lena and I like James, but like you guys, Lena is an unbelievably capable person in her own right. And you know, she took down her mom. Like, I feel like we're, we're sort of forgetting that version of her in, in favor of, um, I'm going to make eyes at the guy that runs one of my companies. And that's going to be really disappointing if they continue down that path and don't continue to show us her up against, uh, the guy from Heroes and, you know, and, and, uh, continuing to sort of stake out her own claim and make a name for herself that is separate from what everybody thinks about when they think about her last name.
1: I think what, what they could possibly do is like have people start finding out about the relationship, like in the media and like they start, she starts getting a lot of crap for it. And she just, she has to stand up and feel like, Hey, it's my life. And there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. And like, I don't like, like seeing her stand up for herself. I also think that James is going to be the reason Lena finds out about Kara being supergirl. Oh, we know that I because
2: think- we already established how terrible he is at keeping at managing people's identities for them.
1: Like I can just picture just like he's fucking and something just slips out and she's like, What?
2: Yeah, because she won't miss a trick. If he does that inadvertently, she's absolutely gonna pick it up. I have faith in her in that. And that may be end, end up being, you know, th- their next conflict is like, you know, my boyfriend knew that my bestie was Supergirl and nobody said anything. Like now I'm just mad at all of you.
1: Yeah. Either she's going to be mad for a while or there's going to be like a heart to heart where she's like, OK, I'm still upset, but I think I like. Just let me take some time, and I think I'll be able to forgive you, sort of. Yeah,
0: Just,
1: she's a big girl. She can. She'll work her way through it. Yeah, I love her.
0: All right. So, people, have any final thoughts on the episode? Can we talk about Coville?
1: Oh yeah, the preacher man. That's the prophet to the antichrist.
3: Yeah, because like, I don't get it, right? So he started off worshiping Kara and now he says she failed and now he worships rain. So by his logic, it's like you worship Jesus, you realize Jesus isn't perfect and now you worship the Antichrist. So I'm wondering, is he just following whomever is the most powerful being? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure now what his motivation is.
2: Well, I don't know how much, I don't, and maybe it's just because I don't remember. I don't remember there being a ton of Kara worship in the first place. As much as it was like she was Kryptonian and it was more like he just wanted to talk to her about the ancient books and stuff and was, was convinced that she was going to lead everybody. And it was sort of like he just was mistaken, but I feel like he did sort of pretty quickly turn around and hitch his wagon to an evil, evil star instead. And that's very odd in a, I mean, to me, it's very odd in a bunch of ways, but I feel like there's, there must be more to that story somehow, but maybe there's not because there's not any more to Rain's story that we know yet. So um, it's, I f- I know we're not done with his character because he popped up there at the end, but I also don't get what his, what his character is going to continue to bring to the story unless it's that he finds out Supergirl isn't dead and maybe he was right to be, maybe, you know, he was, it was more important to be with the good guy and then she's going to end up He's gonna end up switching sides and telling them like I know how to read all this stuff in this book and here's what you do to stop her. Since Kara's hologram says they can't be translated, but I know how to translate all of it, I'm gonna give you the secret to ending this once and for all or something. Like that's the only see the only value I see in his character going forward. It's very and it it feels very almost rushed. Like oh yeah, we have this character we should do something with and let's just sort of figure that out real quick on the fly because it seems very
3: odd. Yeah, I just find the one eighty degree turn in who he idolizes. I just found that very abrupt, and I'm not sure if, um, if again like like you, I I I I'm not sure if I fully follow the logic of why he would suddenly switch sides so quickly.
1: He could be like, I don't know, this is a bit of a long shot. They like probably won't do this, but like getting like gaining entrance to their side so that he can help take her down from the inside. I don't think so, because he seems pretty straightforward, and I think he's just, he believes that a Kryptonian is going to save the world, and he realizes that maybe it wasn't Kara, and yet he sees this other that's more powerful, and he's like, well, maybe you will save this Earth. Well, and the thing, one
2: thing that he said that stuck with me was, um, and I'm not going to remember exactly how he said it, but there was the part, I think he was talking to Alex in prison, and said... um, something like Rain is here to prepare us for what comes next. And so I sort of wondered if maybe he was like trying to get close to Supergirl to find out more because he wants to be able to like finish reading the book that he has or whatever it is, you know, because I know at one point Kara took some sort of stuff to her hologram and her hologram was like, if I can't translate it, maybe it cannot be translated, but it seems like maybe he has translated it. So if he has, then maybe like he was into Kara because she was the only Kryptonian at the time. And now he has found out that like she was phase one. She's not the end game. She was just the beginning according to whatever this book is that he has. And so maybe that was sort of where the rest of this came from. I don't really know, but Again, he's the most interesting character in Rain's storyline, and he's not super interesting at this point, because mostly we're just confused about what his motivations are.
1: Yeah, and he right now just kind of seems to be a religious fanatic that's hitching his wagon to whichever one's more powerful.
2: Right, he just seems like, I need a star, you'll do.
1: Or, like, there there could be more to it, like, something that he read that has him, like, convinced and, like, something we don't know, but I like whatever it is there has i think there's something more to what's going on in his head that we won't find out until later
2: right or it's or he's got like more of these writings and stuff and maybe he's further along translating them than we thought like i feel like there's there's going to be more to his character and we just don't quite know how it's all going to work out with him yet
0: all right well while we wrap it up uh any last thoughts
2: I want the rain episode to come to an end. I want the rain storyline to come to an end quickly, but I feel like we're only halfway there.
0: Yeah, we are living on a prayer.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're praying that this storyline ends quickly so we can get a new villain.
1: Either that or we get more of a why, why? Just why with everything.
3: I wonder how much they paid to use Baby One More Time and Now Living on a the Prayer. These are not cheap songs, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I wondered that, too. Someone got another, a new line item for a music budget, didn't they?
3: And they really used it. Like,
0: I was expecting to cut off about halfway into it, and they just kept going. All right. Well, I'd like to thank the Incomparable Network for hosting us. Uh, thanks to our audio editor, Seth Heasley, for making us sound so good compared to what we actually sound like. Also, thanks to all you listeners out there. We'd love to continue this discussion on the Incomparable Facebook group, the private members Slack, and Twitter. And I'd like to thank my panelists for joining me. Brianna.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: Kelly. Thanks for having me. And Alan. Thanks. This was fun. And I've been your host, Dan. Have a good day.